You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. It's my privilege to welcome into this episode the Director of Administrations and Operations for Purdue Men's Basketball, Elliot Bloom. Elliot, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's exciting to have you on. It's an exciting time for uh, any time. Actually, it's an exciting time for to talk Purdue men's basketball, but it's, it's great to have you on and get to just kind of share your experience uh, as uh, a Purdue guy and um, have you on the episode. So welcome. And uh, let's just start real quick before we get into all the Purdue fun, mm-hmm. exciting stuff about Purdue men's basketball. Let our listeners get a chance to learn and hear more about you. Kind of introduce yourself and describe what does the director of Purdue a- uh, basketball operations do and like your everyday role? Yeah, I, I get that question a lot. I wish I had uh, I wish I had written or typed up an answer that I could just kind of go to uh, because I think my answer always changes every time <laughs> I'm asked that question. Um, I do a variety of things. The easiest easiest thing I can say is that I'm basically the fourth assistant coach that does not recruit, and I can't be on the floor doing any coaching. Um, I'm, I'm more on the administrative administrative side of things. I handle our, our budget for our program. I handle all of our team travel. Um, I handle uh, basically I'm the liaison from our team to most of the departments. So whether that's compliance or marketing, promotions, ticketing, that kind of thing, I oversee kind of all those areas for our program, and basically spend these months uh, planning for the coming season, um, getting all those. Types of, thing, types of things organized and planned out. And then I assist the coaches with some recruiting um, responsibilities, specifically on campus, setting up official visits. When we have kids to campus, things of that nature. Um, as I mentioned, I work on our scheduling and our travel, kind of working on that now, our non-conference stuff. Um, and then basically uh, any random thing you can think of that, that uh, Purdue basketball touches, I probably have a part of it. So um, anything I can see out there that basically, uh, can help Purdue basketball, raise its profile, raise its, uh, its image, um, I'm probably involved in and, and trying to think of, or trying to get better at. So, uh, normally this time of year, I'd be in the middle of summer camps. Uh, we're not having any camps this summer due to COVID stuff, but, uh, normally June is very, very hectic for me. So I'm, I'm not complaining in the fact that it's slowed down a little bit, but there's certainly a lot of things we're still working on here. Yeah, for sure, man. You do like all of the little things that make Purdue basketball work, really, you know, especially a lot of stuff behind the scenes. You, you mentioned the recruiting. Uh, obviously, it's for the first time in, what, 15-plus months, you actually got to have some recruits on campus uh, just these last couple of weeks, correct? Right. Yeah, the, the NCAA allowed us to bring kids here in June, starting on June 1. So uh, the first half of this month, especially, we've been very, very busy um, bringing kids here, both officially and unofficially. Um, and then the last weekend here, the 18th through the 20th, our assistant coaches were out on the road recruiting. They turn around and go out on the road again uh, at the end of this week, the 25th through the 27th. And, uh, and then We'll see how the rest of the month goes. We could still have some kids in uh, for visits the rest of this month. And then when we get into July, um, there's three weekends that our coaches can go out recruiting then. Uh, and that's not to mention the fact that our guys all started summer school on June 14th. So we had a full roster here on the 14th. Um, everybody taking class. Uh, we get four hours a week to do basketball things with our guys. Uh, they're in the weight room six more hours uh, per week. 
but we have four hours in the week during the week we can do basketball things. So we had a couple, basically two hour team practices last week. We'll have a couple more this week. And uh, getting the guys acclimated from an academic standpoint, going to class and then also uh, getting them acclimated in the weight room uh, as well as on the court when we get together for team activities. Um, we almost have a full squad. Uh, Zach Eady is actually down in Florida trying out for the Canadian U19 team and the Olympic team. Uh, Jay Nye and Caleb First are both in uh, Fort Worth right now trying out for the USA under-19 team. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now, uh, both, you know, away from here and then obviously on campus. Yeah. You, so does that include the freshmen are on campus now? The incoming freshmen? Yeah, they all, they all, they all came in a couple of weeks ago and got some kind of housekeeping things done, uh, moved to their apartments, and then they were busy with Indiana All-Star activities for a, for a period of time. And then when they got done with that, they basically all got up here on June 13th, which was that Sunday, and then up and at them going to class on Monday the 14th and in the weight room and, and everything else. So everything's been uh, very smooth so far. That's awesome. I know you can't talk about specific recruits, but let's talk about that feeling of being able to actually have those guys on campus and connect with them for the first time in you know almost a year and a half. Yeah, it's been such a weird year from a recruiting standpoint, and I, the coaches can speak to this a lot more than I can, but I'm, I've been in the room and we're kind of evaluating uh, film and that kind of thing. For the, for the last year, it's basically that's how you've evaluated these guys has been on film. And so you, I know the coaches were really excited to get out this last weekend. Recruiting can be such a grind on them. Um, but they were all excited to go out this last weekend and just get their eyes on some guys that, that they had only seen on film to this point. So uh, that was really, I think, important for them. And you, you always want to see how a kid plays, not just when he's on the floor, but then when he gets to the bench, he's in the huddle, talking to the coach, his teammates, how does you know his body language, how does he respond to those types of situations and environments. So I know they were really excited to kind of get back in the gym and be able to evaluate these guys with their own two eyes instead of sitting on a uh, pulling up highlight clips on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, for sure. And then the scheduling. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming scheduling was probably really tough, at least from some perspective last year, even though you only had to end up doing conference. But talk about just getting back into the scheduling things. I know the conference schedule is more or less set. And now it's getting all those non-conference opponents and tournaments on the on the calendar. Yeah, last year from a scheduling standpoint was one of the more challenging uh, that I've ever done simply because it was a moving target for the longest time. You know, we made the decision, okay, we're going to have a season. And then we were kind of in a holding pattern to figure out how many games we were going to play. Um, and then each league had to determine how many league games they were going to play. And so there were some dominoes that had to fall before we ended up having to get, you know, boots on the ground and get the schedule um, finalized. But we did. And a couple games we moved to this year. Um, a couple games we ended up just not playing and we don't plan to play. Um, and some we ended up playing and, and getting through, you know, last year and we'll play them again this year. Um, the non-conference schedule has been done for a while. I've been very fortunate to get that done. That's usually one of the headaches for a lot of uh, assistant coaches and administrators around the country is to get their non-conference schedule done. We were fortunate this year to get it done fairly quick. Um, it should be out, I would think, sometime this week. I was just talking to Chris Foreman, our SID. So that should be out. The only piece of the non-conference we're really waiting on is the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which we know we're going to play at home, but we're waiting to see who that opponent might be. And, you know, ESPN basically sets that, and they're waiting right now to see who's all staying in the NBA draft, who's all coming back, and, you know, what teams are going to look like. So when they get to that point, but they feel good about the matchups, they'll release that. And I would think um, our fans will be able to see our complete non-conference schedule here over the next couple of weeks. 
And then we kind of sit around and wait for August because that's when the Big Ten schedule gets announced. And so I'll, I'll try to get some travel plans done for the non-conference. And then I sit around and wait for the Big Ten schedule to come out and then kind of go full bore on that to get the the rest of the, uh, the late fall and winter mapped out in terms of. How cool would it be to bring in Duke uh, for the ACC Big Challenge, especially being uh, Coach K's last year? Yeah, that would be something. I mean, they're obviously, you know, one of the marquee names in our in our business and our in our uh, sport, and uh, with coaches last year, that would just add another level of of intrigue and things. Um, yeah, we're certainly hoping that you know we can have a marquee opponent in here. Um, I feel like the team we have coming back. Um, you know, I don't always believe those preseason rankings, but um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, that's really what all people have to go by in terms of gauging how, you know, successful program is going to be, at least at this point of the year. We're obviously several months away from tipping this thing off, but uh, you, have to, you have to go on something, and, and that's a lot of times what uh, TV will go by. And so if that's the case, hopefully we get a, a pretty big name to kind of match our, uh, our early expectations. Yeah, and t- I, I, let's jump into that for a minute because I know when I was growing up, whenever my team wasn't pre-ranked, preseason ranked high, I got so upset about it. Now I love when they're not, because I feel like, I, I don't know if it's fuel for you guys or not, but I, I kind of love to see when we, you know, prove people wrong. But yeah, I know this year you guys are going into some of those way too early polls, you know, top five, top 10. Is that exciting? Is it, I mean, what, as a coaching staff, how do you guys view that? You know, I want to speak for the coaches too much, but after you've been around a long time, which I have now, um, you know, it really doesn't matter. I think you can you can take either scenario and make it work. You know, as you were saying, um, there's there's a lot of validity to the fact that if you're not ranked, kind of playing that, you know, us against the world card and uh, getting your guys to rally behind the fact that maybe you were overlooked and people don't realize kind of what's in your locker room. But at the same time, um, you know, early rankings like this are helpful from a recruiting standpoint because now uh, you get that anytime you have that little number in front of your name, you know, if you're in that in the top 25, that helps. I mean, it helps for a lot of reasons. It, uh, it keeps you on TV more. It keeps you kind of uh, in the in the uh, social media atmosphere more. Um, keeps you on in Sports Center more. Those kind of things. So there is value in that. There's no question about that. I think though that if you have high expectations this early in the year, then you need to guard against that. You need to make sure that the guys aren't feeling like they have arrived. Like that's something that's at this point of the year, it's kind of just handed out. You know, it's nothing's, those rankings are not earned right now. You know, the, uh, you know, talk to us again in the middle of uh, that first week of December when we've gone through, you know, the, the tournament out in Connecticut and, and the ACC home game here and, some of those, you know, mark marquee non-conference, you know, games, uh, we'll probably have a better idea of kind of where we belong. Yeah, and I imagine your coach has been doing this long enough to, to help keep the guys grounded and focused. I would assume at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, like, I think I always I, I do look at things from a fan's perspective a lot because at the end of the day, I mean, I grew up a fan, so I I and I am a fan of our program. I just happen to be right in the middle of it, um, but. I feel like uh, I can relate on a lot of levels to kind of what they're um, thinking and going through. But at the same time, like, you know, if, you, if you've been through it enough, it's like, boy, let's really worry about the stuff that matters. And, you know, preseason rankings and halftime scores are kind of two of the most overrated things out there. So, um, you know, we'll, 
we'll we'll make sure the guys stay humble and get to work and don't don't uh, take uh, that preseason ranking for granted and make sure that they uh, work this summer and basically earn that ranking. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned being around for a long time. I believe uh, what 14 years now with Coach Painter. Talk about working alongside of him and that loyalty. You know, a lot of coaches, uh, assistant coaches come and go, but you've been there for you know 14 years now. Just talking about working alongside Coach Painter. Yeah, it's been great. You know, I was fortunate enough to come back to Purdue um, as the SID uh, going on 20 years ago now and work for the, with Coach Katie at the end of his run. Um, and then when Coach Painter came aboard, I was his SID for a while and then moved over to do operations uh, shortly after that. So, you know, I've been here since Coach first got through the doors. And, um, you know, we're in a really good spot right now. I mean, I think that uh, – the current team we have, the, the guys we have coming in, the way recruiting is going, um, we're in a really good spot. And I think uh, Coach Painter just continues to kind of make that ascent into the upper echelon of, you know, college coaches. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Coach K's last year. You know, Coach Williams at UNC got out and retired. And, um, you know, it just seems like there's some of that older guard that is, uh, you know, on its way out of college basketball. And I think a lot of the eyes are turning to that, that you know, next tier of coaches. And I certainly would put Coach Painter in that next tier, which I think is exciting for us and for Purdue fans because, um, you know, a, a lot of the battle in of being a college coach is you have to have a guy who wants to be at the place he's at. Mm -hmm. And there's a handful of those guys now at some of those, uh, some of those younger names um, but you know, at the, you know, blink of an eye, you know, a guy can move on. I mean, like, I don't think anybody would have thought John Beeline would, would move to the NBA when he did, but he did. Um, and so I, you know, coach is really comfortable here. He's a Purdue guy through and through. Um, and so I think that that's a, we're very, very fortunate. And I don't think we should ever kind of take that for granted. We've had two coaches here in the last 40 plus years, which is, something that we talk about a lot. We sell it in recruiting. We talk about it um, quite a bit to, to, it's part of our recruiting pitch. And it's just that stability and the fact that uh, it's a true basketball family and that a lot of the guys that played for Coach Katie know Coach Painter really well. Um, there's not many guys that have come through here uh, in the last 40 plus years that we don't have a relationship with in terms of just being former players and being connected to the program. So that goes a long way. It helps you with recruits. It helps you with just selling that basketball family, connecting with the fans, and, and overall giving the fans a program that, uh, that they feel proud of. Yeah. And you, you, you mentioned how, what a privilege it is to talk about how special it is to, to work for Purdue, to, to be on that staff, and then, of course, get to, to work in the greatest arena in the country in Mackey Arena there. Yeah, that's something you take for granted, to be honest. And, and I, I try to remind myself every once in a while about that you know you you pull up and walk into Mackey every day it's it's pretty cool um and you know every once in a while I get reminded of that when you're walking in and you see maybe a family in the concourse that you know is driving through town from out of town or maybe and maybe that person grew up here or, or is an alum or just a Purdue fan that has not been to campus in a long time and when they come into Mackey and they take that family picture you know whether it's down by the court or up in the concourse like it reminds you of how special a place this is to a lot of people. And so along with that comes a responsibility of trying to make sure our program, you know, uh, stays at the highest level possible and competes for championships year in and year out. But it is cool. I mean, I wouldn't be lying. I'd be lying if I say it wasn't pretty special to go or walk into Mackey every day. And, um, you know, I, even the days we don't, 
this time of year, Mackie's a little toasty, so we're in the practice court a lot for our team workouts. But when fall rolls around and we start those practices on the Mackey floor, it's it's really pretty cool to walk down that ramp and and uh, and be able to go to work there. Yeah, it's been very awesome over the last few years to see, you know, national outlets like ESPN and CBS Sports and others just in Fox Sports just kind of give the, the props and say top five arena or top and some people even say number one, you know, like put that up there right. with, you know, Cam indoor, Cameron Indoor and other arenas. That's just pretty awesome. To know that's yeah, I've been fort- I've been fortunate to work at um, at Cameron and I worked at Dallin Fieldhouse and both are tremendous. I mean, both I would say top five arenas, but I'd put Mackey right there with any of them. Um, you know, our our marketing and promotions team have done such an amazing job of integrating the paint crew, um, making sure that we have game in game out giving fans a reason to be there and we need to do our our part obviously we need to have a, a competitive team full of players that everybody wants to see play but at the same time you know i, I feel like we've truly made Mackey a place where if you're a season ticket holder or have a chance to get to a game there's really you don't want to take a game off you know you don't want to look at that wednesday night 8 30 tip and be like eh, i can skip that one you know, we've got to a point now where people are like, I can't skip that one because something <laughs> might go down at that game that might be a really special moment, and I want to be there for it. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see this year how many more people come back to that extra fervor. I think they will. I think we're all kind of dying to get back to live events, and uh, I think it's going to be a pretty special moment in November when we come down that ramp and, and tip it off in that time with the house. Yeah, I mean, we, th- we thought Mackey was uh, crazy before, but yeah, I can't imagine after a year off, some fans are going to be ready to scream. Yeah, we're going to, we've talked about that. We're going to have to throw the ball inside and, and get some shorter shots because I think if we took some threes early on when the crowd was just getting acclimated, our guys' uh, juices may be going a little too much. We might try to break a backboard on those shots. So we might have to calm the guy. I, I know we're going to have to calm the guys down in some of those early game huddles. Yeah, we might. Uh, below the roof off of Mackey there you, you mentioned Alan and uh and, and Cameron and I I did want to hit on that because I mean you man you've got some awesome experience you've worked with or for four of the greatest coaches of all time and, and Williams coach K coach KD and, and coach painters talk about just getting to have that experience on your resume yeah it's been pretty it's I've you know in this business you have to be lucky and I don't I don't profess that I mean, I, I've had luck in, in my stops. There's no question about that. Um, but being able to be around those kind of guys, you just you kind of take something from each of them. And then just being around, you know, some of the great coaches in our league in general, you know, you kind of take things from them. Um, you know, there's a few pro- programs around the country that we kind of look to and admire and respect. And, um, you know, I'm a big idea guy, and I'm always trying to take ideas, you know, from somewhere else and kind of make them Purdue ideas. And, uh you know, we we do things a certain way here. So some of the ideas you, you, you see other coaches do or other programs do fit, and some of them don't. But uh, um, it wasn't, you know, all those guys, um, when I was around them, um, there were things that I, you know, made notes. It might not have been a conscious thing, but it was uh, always always note-taking going on. And, uh, and in the back of my mind, you know, okay, how can this be a political Purdue? That's cool. Well, let's talk about this upcoming season. Is- Exciting. We, we talked a little bit about it already with the, the rankings and the schedule and recruits and everything. Just kind of talk about how things are shaping up. And you just guys probably, are, like you mentioned, ready to get on the court and play. Um, let's talk about this overall excitement around the program and just, you know, ready to get hopefully get back to normal, you know, 
full full crowd and just uh, hopefully make a make a long run this year. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I we really like our team. We like all the pieces. You know, I um, it was a little disheartening last year to to walk into empty arenas. You know, I didn't think it was. I was so anxious just to play that I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal until I walked on Mackey the ramp for the first time. And I thought, man, this sucks. Yeah. Um, so we're anxious for our fans to be able to get in those arenas and celebrate our, our players and, and, you know, those moments with us. So that I think is first and foremost, um, you know, we've got a majority of our team back in terms of the scoring and production and everything. I think there's only one team. I think maybe Butler is the only team in the country that returns more, a higher percentage of its production than we do. So from that standpoint, um, you know, we, um, we're looking forward to those guys kind of building on last year. I think you saw a lot of young guys, whether they were true freshmen or redshirt freshmen that got their first taste of college basketball last year. And I think that uh, we're anxious for them to kind of, you know, hopefully you always like to see a big jump between their freshman year and their sophomore year. So hopefully if some of those guys are able to make that jump, you know, they improve a lot. And then our four senior, our three seniors that kind of anchor us with, you know, Trayvon, Eric Hunter, and Sasha Stefanovic, you know, give us that experience. They've been in a ton of games now. You know, it's their time. This is their time to kind of lead this group and lead these younger guys and uh, hopefully enjoy some success in their last year here. Yeah, I mean, going kind of back to last season, you, you never – you know, uh, you know, there's might be stuff behind the behind closed doors that we don't know about or need to know about. But you know, and you know, Matt Harms and Nochel surprisingly leave, at least us surprisingly leave. And it kind of forces people like Jaden and Zach Eady to get an experience, which you know this year could really pay off. And it even did by the end of last season. Those guys developed on the run and just really wowed us. So just you mentioned that 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 step from freshman to sophomore year. If those guys can get even better, uh, wow, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, those guys saw a lot of minutes, you know, and they saw a lot of minutes in big games. And uh, that's that's the, the goal for their from their perspective is to take those meaningful minutes and now have them translate into, you know, all the minutes they get this year. You know, Mason Gillis and Brandon Newman, two guys that registered the year before, are going to be two of the older, you know, they can get that year back. I mean, technically, they could be freshmen again if you look at it a certain way. I mean, they're two of the more experienced guys um, to be playing in their second year due to the fact that they redshirted that year before. So we really like those young guys. Um, we like the fact that, you know, there were times last year where coaches didn't have enough minutes for everybody, which is always a good problem, um, but also one of the challenges that he'll have um, with everybody back is that, you know, you've got a finite amount of minutes and you got to try to keep everybody happy. And, you know, as long as we can get our guys to buy into the big goal and the big picture, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great problem to have when you've got a, a team that's, that's uh, two or three deep at virtually every position. Yeah. And again, just going, you know, back. Yeah. I mean, the excitement's, yeah, that's always, I imagine a challenge too, just you want to keep everybody happy because you want people to stick around, but yeah, buying in is a huge part. I think from, you know, our perspective, at least coach painters gotten guys to do that and see, big picture and then every once in a while I have a guy who wants to play more and leaves but um going back to last year too you know as the season progressed you know all of a sudden we were starting to overachieve maybe or exceed expectations anyway because of all the youth we relied on last year and then unfortunately kind of ended abruptly you know the image of Travion uh walking off the floor you know it's just so 
heartbreaking. Right. Is, is that stuff that's fuel for him or for the team as well, just to, to, to be hungry to come back and come out attacking this year? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think you're probably in the wrong locker room. I mean, I think that's something where uh, that it should sit with you. It should sit with you all offseason. You know, last year did not end like any of us wanted to. And, and you're right. It, it is weird because you go in with such – I would never say low expectations, but we had a lot of uncertainty going into the year. And to be able to be basically in the Big Ten race, um, you know, into February was a pretty big accomplishment for that team based on the fact of how young we were and how many unknown pieces we had going into the year. Uh, you know, we lost a game down in Miami back in, uh, in the non-conference that I think on that flight home, we, we all felt about an inch tall. And... Uh, you know, we had had injury. You know, Jaden was out, and Eric Hunter just got back from a knee. And obviously, those two guys ended up being very significant pieces for us. But, you know, you blow a 20-plus point lead down there to a team that, you know, we should have beat. Yeah. Uh, and you've got a really bad taste in your mouth, and you're kind of sitting there wondering, all right, what's this going to look like the rest of the year? And I'm not sure if anybody would have asked for quotes on that flight home if anybody would have said, oh, well, we're going to end up you know, being pretty good and, and ch challenging for the league title and, you know, getting a pretty good seed in the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure anybody would have said that, yeah. um, especially as good as the league was last year. You know, that was one of the things going into it, you know, Illinois and Iowa and then Michigan ended up being better than everybody thought, um, you know, just really good teams across the board. Um, Ohio State, obviously a really good team, you know, Maryland um, overachieved and was a good team. So, um, as good as the league was, I'm not sure anybody saw that coming, um, but obviously it changes things. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's another sign of the program continuing to grow and build is that, you know, you want to keep, um, you want to keep limiting the dips that you have in terms of success. And uh, last year on paper could have been one of those years where we kind of took a step back, but I think instead we took a step forward and that's why we're set up for, you know, whatever a very highly anticipated year this coming year. Yeah. And again, I think this continues to speak to coach Painter and the job he does there. And again, I still feel like he's underrated. I mean, to take that group of guys, again, that struggled early on and keep them together, keep the team together and focused and, you know, made a great, made, made a great run for it. Yeah. And I think it's one of those, I, it's, I think it's a thing too, of why I always tell fans like enjoy game by game. Like don't get in a hurry to like fast forward to March, like enjoy, enjoy the whole season. I mean, you know, we're going to play North Carolina out in Connecticut, like enjoy the hell out of that game, you know, enjoy the games in Mackey, you know, we're, we're going to play some teams in Mackey that have a really good chance to win their leagues and they're not maybe the power five leagues, but they're good teams and like, enjoy those games, you know, um, you know, learn about those opponents because there's a good chance you're going to see them in March, you know, they're going to win their league and be there in March. So like, and enjoy, the, the, the journey for each kid as well. You know, yeah. um, a kid may come in and have a great second half against the team in the non-conference and, and uh, you know, he may grow and then all of a sudden he takes off from there. And there might be another kid who uh, does something you've never seen him do because he worked on something all summer and for the first time you're seeing him make threes or do something else, you know. So I would just keep encouraging everybody to just enjoy it, you know, as you go through it because uh, the seasons are, are long. And um, if you just base it on just waiting to the end and then getting interested, I think you're missing out on a lot of good things. Yeah. And don't get down or overreact on social media when we lose, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I learned that a long time ago. We, uh, you know, there, 
I, I don't even, I don't look at the good. I don't look at the bad. So I, uh, coach Katie was notorious for saying things are never as good as they, they seem. Things are never as bad as they seem. He said that all the time. And we remind our guys of that quite a bit because, uh, I always tell some, tell our players when they see something on social media, I said, if a guy came up to you with no shirt on in the street with a pink tutu on and started screaming at you, would you really care? Or would you just kind of move on? And that's the same it's the same person on Twitter. You don't know them. They don't know you. So it's uh, that's that's the nature of the beast we live in, you know, nowadays and the way things are. And I completely get it. Um, but at the same time, doesn't mean that we have to pay any attention to it. Right. For sure. A couple quick thoughts as we kind of wrap things up here. Uh, still, you know, kind of looking forward to the season. A couple new uh, GAs on staff with uh, Spike and Tommy Luce uh, coming yeah. back. Talk about that excitement. Yeah, it's been great. You know, we've, we've had a pretty good thing going with uh, former players coming on as GAs. Obviously, Grady Eifert and PJ last year. Grady moved on to Penn State and has worked with Coach Shrewsbury out there. And PJ's on staff here as our director of player development, which is great. Um, and then our, our two new guys, Tommy Luce and Spike Albrecht, have been phenomenal. They work with our guys almost daily um, in terms of getting them in the gym and, and getting them better. And then PJ really is um, – serves as that kind of a mentor to guys. You know, he's been around coach as long as, uh, as a lot of players have, if not more so. And, um, you know, he's that perfect mentor for guys who might be struggling or the coach is trying to reach and, you know, he can kind of pull him to the side and say, Hey, I know he said this to you the other day in practice. This is what he's trying to get from you. This is what he means, you know? So um, a guy that's been around the block and, and he's been great too, to help our two new assistants that, uh, have come aboard and uh, just another guy that can kind of help uh, sell and continue to cultivate our, our culture here. Awesome. Speaking of some other former players, I don't know how much you how closely follow the uh, Minamaki uh, TBT team. You yeah. Follow that. That's pretty exciting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see those guys. You know, I was, I've been texting with a lot of those guys just um, looking for, you know, so it's, it kind of scratches that summer college hoops itch a little bit, you know, you know, when you're kind of sitting there waiting for November to get here, uh, the TBT is a pretty cool thing. And, you know, we had taught I, I, Ryan that runs that I talked to him for last few years. And I said, you know, at some point we just got to start it because I think once you start it, people will see it and you'll start to grow it. And, uh, you know, you certainly see in that this year, you know, they're, they're kind of continuing to grow that team. And I wouldn't be surprised if over the next handful of years, you continue to get more and more guys involved and, and bigger and bigger names. And uh, it, it's cool. I'll be, I'll be tuning in like everybody else to see what those guys can do. Yeah. It's awesome. You mentioned Ryan K, the uh, GM of that. And then of course, bringing in coach Ryan Smith. So you got Ryan and Ryan there uh, doing a phenomenal job. I plan on having them actually on the podcast next week. Uh, so just looking cool. forward to previewing it. And yeah, the huge announcement last week with uh, Robbie Hummel joining the team. I mean, that's pretty, pretty legit. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was cool to see. I know, uh, you know, I, there, I had a little insider trading, so I actually knew that that was going to be the announcement. But uh, I thought, man, our fans are going to go nuts over this. So uh, happy for all those guys and anxious to see how they do. Yeah, I'm glad he's doing that because I was I was super bummed when they didn't end up qualifying for the three on three for the Olympics. But so I'm glad he's he's got this, and it'll be fun to to watch him keep playing this summer. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just sitting on a few couple other former players. I mean, how cool is it to see all the stuff Rafael Davis is doing up in Fort Wayne and even in Lafayette with all these camps and just helping uh, develop these young kids? Yeah, it's cool to see him giving back and, and doing his camps. Um, I know Coach went up there and spoke at Fort Wayne uh, last week and did a fundraiser up there. Um, it's just great to see him, you know, giving back and, and also getting some other former players involved in those camps, working those camps, those kind of things. 
Um, you know, like I said, there's very few guys that we don't have a, a relationship with and we keep in touch with on a regular basis. So he's just another guy that uh, is having success and it's great to see. I mean, social media is a wonderful thing to keep tabs on these guys. I, I'm always checking out guys, whether it's here in the States or overseas or, um, you know, just in the business world um, and their families and just kind of see how their lives keep uh, progressing and some of the accomplishments they're making on and off the court. And it's great. We, you know, we're, we're proud of all those guys and to be able to still have relationships with them is very fulfilling. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording here, Etuan Moore, of course, as I was mentioned before we started recording, Phoenix Sun's my favorite team. So it's exciting <laughs> that he signed with them and that they're still making this playoff run. How cool is that for him? And hopefully win a ring. Yeah, it's great. I would love to see him get a ring. Um, you know, he's coming down the, the, the home stretch of his career and, and what a career he's had and um, so happy for him. And uh, he's one of those guys, every time I text him after, you know, big wins or every time he plays a great game, he hits, hits me right back. He's just, uh, he, he is very in touch with what's going on here at Purdue. I can tell you that. He's one of those guys, you know, in season when you have a big win, he's one of the first ones to text you and tell you a great job. And um, certainly we'll be, rooting him on the rest of the way and hoping he can get it done. And, you know, you mentioned Rob and then Jawan is still playing over in Germany. And it, it's great to see those guys just doing so well and thriving in the game of basketball. Sure. Hey, Ellie, as we kind of wrap it up here, anything else that you just want to add from your experience at Purdue or for Purdue fans that they should know? Just thanks for all the continued support. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're ready to get back at it. Like I know a lot of everybody else is and uh, ready to see everybody in Mackey and, um, uh, you know, just in, like I said earlier, just kind of enjoy the year. And uh, we're going to we're in the middle right now, of, you know, putting in the work over the summer and uh, excited to, to get classes started here in August and have a full campus with the, you know, life kind of getting back to normal. I think we're, we're you know, getting closer and closer by the day. Um, and uh, we we're, uh, can't be more excited to have what we hope to be a normal 2021-22 season. For sure. Awesome. Ellie, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks, man. Boiler up. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.